Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, hi. How do you do? Oh, boy. What a great weekend. Uh, it was such a beautiful weather here in the nation's capital, but I didn't experience any of it because I was inside watching curling. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot going on again this weekend. I think this is the last real busy weekend on the curling docket uh next weekend we've got the scotties starting up we've got usa nationals finishing japanese nationals scottish nationals <laughs> so you know okay. it never ends Sean. it never i guess not but yeah this weekend was crazy between the provincial finals the usa nationals kicking off the norwegian finals that's uh, right went on the uh, swiss cup started as well a lot of curling action going on and we are going to start close to home scott with the provincial playdowns, and I think the biggest story in the curling world was Brad Gushu's suit. Oh, I loved it, Sean. I loved Brad Gushu's suit. I, uh, what would you call it? Plum? Plum is what, how I would yeah, describe it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was so nice. It had a rich texture to it. Uh, I was all all in on that. What about you? I, I it took me. A, I didn't honestly. I didn't notice. So I was watching in the morning. I was watching that Manitoba semifinal, and then I saw on Twitter people commenting on it. And then when. I, I went back and I was like, oh, wow, that it's a bold choice, yet understated somehow, which yeah. I really appreciated. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He looked, uh, he, he very much looked the part of a talking head on TV. Yes. And uh, I, I'll never say no to a, a, a nice, cool looking suit because too many of those suits, they're all the same. They're all boring, right? Yeah. Well, I, so he looked like a, a talking head. He didn't really talk like a talking head because he talked about how. He was a little nervous about Martin Kret and Jim Cotter going into the briar, you know, give, you know, fluffing them up a little bit, to, um, you know, you know, really giving a lot of respect to those teams when yeah. you would all expect him to beat them. Well, Sean, we'll wait for our briar preview to talk yes. a little bit more about that, but uh, uh, you know, they're real threats for the championship pool, is what he said. So he's not worried about right. them beating him for the title. <laughs> yeah. So uh, to get into that final pool. All right. So let's start with a team that uh, could actually threaten him for the Briar Championship this year, and that is Team Kevin Cooey. We'll start out in Alberta. The last game to finish last night, they pick up a win against Ted Appleman after beating Brendan Botcher in the morning. Mm-hmm. Tough week for Team Cooey overall. He had to come out of the seaside in this event, losing to teams that you would not expect Kevin Cooey to lose to, with all due respect to those teams. Uh, but he's able to sort of scratch and claw his way mm-hmm. back, qualifies out of the seaside, and makes it all the way through to a final. Yeah, Sean, Cooey, I, I got to chalk this up to the playing on arena ice, not being able to get used to it right away, and just, you know, they needed some time to figure out what they were what they were doing on that ice. So... Uh, and figure it out they did. They won five in a row uh, to go on and win that Alberta championship. They're the best team in Alberta, maybe the best team in the country. You maybe. Can, you can make a case. You yeah. can make a case for them. Uh, they're playing well at the right time. Uh, they did stumble, as you said, as did Team Botcher, yep. uh, who we can talk about in a sec. But 
Uh, yeah, I, I'd expect them to be in the playoffs at the Briar. I would be surprised if they weren't. You would. So they lost to Jeremy Hardy and Team Vivrec early in the year, to, or early in the, the competition, to put them down into that C draw. Uh, the, the big story, I think, coming out of this, if the person who wins isn't the big story, it's Ted Appleman. Great week, goes through, wins the A side, gets a bit of a break with Jeremy Hardy beating Kevin Cooey because they mm-hmm. would have met in the A quarterfinal there. Uh, and he goes on and he beats Brendan Botcher in the A final to go through on the A side. And, and he put on a show for six ends last night. Yeah. In that game, there was a shot, I believe it was the fourth end, and correct me if I'm wrong on that, where Cooey's in position to score two. And Ted Oppelman makes a beautiful hit and roll that they showed approximately 387 times afterwards on the broadcast to little roll right behind the center guard and perfect behind the center guard. I don't mm-hmm. think any part of it was showing. And uh, Cooey could not do anything with it. And, uh, you know, Ted Alvin really kind of takes control of the game at that point. Yeah, I believe it was the second end. It, it put them up 2 nothing oh, uh, with the steal. I, I felt later. <laughs> it, it was a long day. Um, but, yeah, you're right. They showed it over and over and over on the replay. And that seemed to be the kind of week that he was having. You know, he was just making everything perfectly until he wasn't. And the wheels fell off there in that ninth end. A couple of interesting choices on on what to play. I believe was the first third stone where they played some weight to sort of disturb the pile in front of the T-line there. Yes. It set them up with shot rock, but it gave Cooey a pretty... Uh, a pretty it tricky it slash. It, it had to be precise, and, and B.J. <clears throat> Newfeld made it sure. precisely. He did, and, and that's the kind of shot that you know, when you and I are playing later tonight, we're not going to expect anybody no. to to make. But at that level, you kind of have to. And uh, he wasn't able to, uh, you know, take advantage on his next two through one through yep. um, that he was playing to play a tap. And it was just uh, right there. You could see his, on his face, like, uh, uh, oh, yeah. uh, oh, boy. Body language got really bad. We, we yeah. were both wrong, Scott. It was the third end, uh, as I look it up. Oh, in between. Um, yeah, so we're in between the two. But you know, the, the body language got really not great. The, there wasn't nearly as much chatter. Ted Appleman, this is the first time I've seen him play on TV, I think. And he did. He was doing something that I thought was interesting. I think more teams should do, especially if we go to a timing per end mm-hmm. system, where after pretty much every shot, he was coming out and talking to the sweepers on the sideboards. Yeah. And getting a bit of a sense of speed, I guess, lines, and maybe what they wanted to do next. Hmm. So just keeping that communication going throughout every shot, and that seemed to slow down a bit in the second half of the yeah, game. Wasn't right. doing it quite as much. Was going more to the backboards, and just a sign of a team that hasn't been in a game like this. Maybe it gets to them a little bit. And, and, you know, Ted Appleman in that ninth end, he missed his two shots badly. Yeah. Like, he, he, he really wasn't close on either of them. Kevin Cooey had a very easy shot for the five to win. But if you look at the score, it's nine to five. That's the final. Ted Appleman is up three to one in the seventh end of the Alberta final against Kevin Cooey. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. And. Yeah, all, all respect to them with a great week. Especially, you know, we've talked about it before, Scott. Winning those A-sides, the way they structure them, you have that full day off yeah, it's on a, Friday, which can be tough and take you out of a rhythm, yeah. especially in a, in a club where we've seen, you know, you play on Monday and then you play again Wednesday or Thursday, and the ice can be completely different. That's right. So obviously they have better ice techs or more sort of dedicated attention to it than in a normal club setting. But still, you know, things can change and, and it can be tough. So all credit to them for uh, 
a fantastic week, unexpected week for me at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for everybody, Sean, and, and a little uh, tip of the cap was announced today where Team Cooey said they're going to take Ted Appleman as yeah. their fifth to the Briars. It's so, a great gesture. Uh, yeah, a little uh, job well done on a great week, and we'll give you this experience. You can learn a bit uh, uh, and and go from there. It'll be his first Briar, so, yeah. so good on uh, Team Cooey for Absolutely. that. Absolutely, 100%. Um, the other thing I just want to say real quick, uh, Carson Sturmey's team, they lose uh, the semifinal. And we thought that if there was going to be sort of that third team jumping up with Botcher and Cooey, we thought it would be Carson Sturmey. Mm-hmm. And they had an okay week, certainly, but uh, maybe overshadowed a bit by Ted Appleman. Yeah. Uh, but if this team, which is younger than I thought they were, maybe we could have some fun Alberta playdowns here for a while. and, and That'd be real um, fun, yeah. For the next, at least for this quadrennial, that we're going in and, and maybe maybe if this time we thought Botcher Cooey next year, assuming Cooey or Botcher, which we'll get to, don't win the Briar, maybe we won't be so presumptive this time. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, maybe we'll have to, you know, keep a closer eye on what the goings on out there in Alberta. Absolutely. So, did you want to talk a little bit about Brendan Botcher's team? Yeah. So let's let's just they played okay. I mean, just a little behind. Darren Molding, I thought was off. Yeah. In that game, you know, he had a couple like full misses, like zero point shots which you don't see very often out of him and against top level teams you just can't, can't do it have that so they struggled a bit the I, to me i felt as though it was going to be a long day for them in the was it the second end where botcher's drawing he needs full four to score one and they were really casual on the sweep you know, it's hard for me to criticize sweepers for missing misjudging ones because i tend to do it a lot nah. um, but they they just missed it, right? They were Carrick Martin and Brad Deason were were a little too casual with it. They weren't sweeping the whole way. They went hard at the end. It just wasn't enough, and and you lose that point on a measure. Mm-hmm. And you know it doesn't seem like a big deal because I mean one nothing either way isn't that bad. But to give up that steal early on, you sort of lose control of the hammer a bit, and that's uh, it's tough to come back in that setting. So. Uh, and then we saw, of course, in the fifth end with the controversy on the measure there, where the official moved the rock a little faster than certainly Darren Molding wanted him to. Sure. And just not really a chance to recover. They, they scratched and they clawed, and there was a lot of fight there. But it was a day that they clearly didn't have their best. And then they turned into the biggest cheerleaders in the building for Kevin Cooey. That's right. That's right, Sean. So they... Because Kevin Cooey won, they get their place in the wild card game there for the Briar. They'll be playing John Epping and his squad. Uh, real quick, do you got a favorite in that? or I think Brendan Botcher yeah? is going to be my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I, John Epping is really good, but as John Epping will admit, when John Epping is bad, he's really bad. And I, I just yeah. think there's more fluctuation for John Epping than there is for Brandon Botcher. Okay. I mean, Brandon Botcher isn't as robotic as he used to be. He seems to be like smiling a bit and yeah. having, having a little more fun, being a little more relaxed. I think that's a lot of that's Darren Molding. I think so too. Bringing that out of him. Um, so, you know, he, he has some emotion to him, but he's still very steady, right? When he goes to throw, you know, it's sort of that tunnel vision. It's like him in the broom yeah. and he's doing his thing. And John Epping can have that weird delivery. He can fishtail a bit and, and be all over the place. He, he's a little more unsure about strategy as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's great that Lang and Salve are with him, but he calls down a lot yeah. for their input, which isn't bad. 
but it almost gets this sense of uncertainty. And that's always been his big problem is that he'll wait too long to bail out. He might be a little too aggressive at times. So I'm not saying Epping can't win. I would just put like a 60-40 maybe okay. to Brendan Botcher. Good on. So our very, very early wild card preview. Yes. That's what we're picking now for now. Yeah. Uh, why don't we move over a province, Sean, yes. and talk about Saskatchewan, where we things did sort of go to form there. We saw Kirk Myers playing Matt Dunstone in the final. They were the two top teams all week. Yep. Myers came out the A side, Dunstone the B side. Uh, Dunstone won the 1-2 game, uh, A-B game, we'll say, uh, to advance straight to the finals. So Kirk Myers had a bit of bit of a tougher road yes uh and had to play that semifinal on the, in the morning uh but he made a draw to win the semifinal draw to the forefoot and he made a draw to the forefoot to win against uh, matt dunstone the championship yeah and and that 10th end was what we've seen a lot like that, that's the, the tick shots that's the end yeah. dallin myers made two perfect tick shots not just moving the dunstone stones out of the way but getting the shooter, shooter out of the out way, of the way too. too, yeah. Like there was nothing in either draw path that was going to get into the the way of Kirk Myers for his last one, and then the the, the marshes made their appeals and everything was was great after that. And he had to draw four foot. I mean, Matt Dunstan put his last one in the absolute perfect position, and mm-hmm. he had a little catcher at the side, yeah. So he couldn't hit, so he had to play that draw, and he made it perfectly. And, and he said he, he, the mic picked him up. I think either at the end of the ninth or the start of the tenth, saying I want an intern draw. Intern draw. Yeah. That's what he wants, and yeah. that's what he was able to get, and he made it. And at the hog line, I thought he was light, Scott. I really did. Yeah. They were going hard on it, and uh, so much so that Kevin Marsh sort of came out. I mean, it looked like he was hitting Daniel Marsh. Yeah, and he was saying, "Come on, like, come on!" It was almost like he, from, a, from the above shot, it almost looked like he was whipping him like a jockey whips a horse. <laughs> um, which is weird, and I, if you ever do that to me, I'm stopping. I'm not going to sweep anymore. Um, but, yeah, but, no, they got it there. And, uh, you know, all power to them. I hope that both these teams stay together and stay in Saskatchewan because mm-hmm. if they play this game every year, I'm watching it because that was good. It was clean, yeah. well played, a couple misses here and there, but it was much better than – We'll certainly talk about what happened in the next province over in terms of entertainment value. Sure, sure. And, uh, uh, like, I I was texting uh, Dean there last night, our resident Saskatchewan (laughs) expert. Uh, I said, how do you feel about this? And he said, you know what? I feel good. I think Meyer's team was the best team all week. Um, And he liked that they're all actually from Saskatchewan. So the thing that I noticed on the – on the broadcast on YouTube, which, by the way, they did an awesome job all week. Great job. The broadcasters were amazing. They had, like, shots of each of the sheets uh, on their updates swinging really quick. Yeah. Uh, Very the, slick production. The broadcasters were amazing. I mean, they had the same ads every end break. Yes, but don't you want to go to Saskatchewan now? Well, I just I keep hearing about the color iPhone provided right. by Sastel. But, yeah. but well, anyway. I mean, but it has great coverage. And, Scott... If you combine those ads with what we get on TSN, you could use your iPhone to go help the problem of pod chatter out there in Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I got a oh, pod chatter is a real tragedy. Um, but but what was really impressive to me on the broadcast was seeing like how excited Kirk Myers was not only to go back to the Briar, 
but for his teammates, the Marsh brothers, because it's their first briar, right? Yeah. And so he just seemed like really happy that he could do it. He liked skipping. He wanted to throw that last shot. Uh, Kirk Myers was the only curler who introduced himself to me at the trials last right. year. Yeah, so you're a fan. He came up and said, hi, I'm Kirk. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it, was, it was a very nice thing. Uh, so I'm happy they won. Uh, they beat Ryan Dice in the semifinal, who's got uh, Scott Manners on his team. Uh, Skip Saskatchewan at the Briar, I think in 2012. Yeah, I believe he was the one who Glenn Howard made the shot against. Oh, no, sorry, that was Joel Jordanson. Never mind. But, no, uh, sorry, my apologies. But it, look up Scott. I believe it was the Briar I went to in Saskatoon, where he was the home team, and everybody was chanting, Mind your manners. <laughs> So anyway, a little little tidbit there. Very uh, nice. Uh, that was a pretty good game too uh, to watch to watch their Ryan Dice's team. They had a good week, uh, and hopefully uh, they'll be back. So we get a good rep out of Saskatchewan to wear the green at the Briar, and hopefully, I think I think this team is a championship pool team. No, definitely. Whether they can contend, probably not. They're probably a, a few years away. Yeah, but I agree. You know, it'll be a this will be a big step in growing. And moving on to that next level. Yeah, so 2012, you're absolutely right. Uh, Scott Manners is there. And actually, Ryan D- Dice was his second that year. Oh, okay. So uh, so they're still playing together, uh, just changing up the lineup a bit. So, uh, so yeah, so I think some high hopes there for Saskatchewan. And, and again, I, I think the Matt Dunstone team, we, we wondered if they would be adversely affected by having to come back from Sweden yeah. and having just won the event. Clearly, they weren't. I think they were a little tired. I mean, they came but, out of the beast. Like they, yeah. they, they lost one game yeah. and got into the playoffs, won the one-two game. I mean, and they were tied in the the tenth end, yeah, in the provincial yeah. final. So, so all credit to them. And uh, all right, so let's move over to Manitoba, where uh, Jeff Stoughton. I don't know if this was his debut, but for me, it was. Uh, Maybe a coming out party of Jeff Stoughton on the mic. He was great, Sean. He was great. Uh, he was honest. Uh, he, he'd question the skippers when they were doing dumb things. Like mm-hmm. I think he said once about Gunlickson, like that was just the wrong shot. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, he was really good. But uh, I don't know if you saw my my tweet there, Sean. Yes, I did. But tell the people. Where so. I, I tweeted a a gif uh, in the third end, I believe, of the Manitoba final, and I said, hey, Manitoba curling, and it was a gif of, uh, you boring. <laughs> uh, which solicited a bit of a response there um, later on. Colin Hodgson uh, responded with a gif of somebody shrugging their shoulders, <laughs> sort of saying, hey, well, you, you got to do what it takes to win. So uh, a bit of a slow start there, Team Lyburn against team do we call them they're McEwen, listed no they're Carruthers? listed as Carruthers they're going in as team Carruthers okay it'd be too hard I think to change the contracts on the sponsorship deals or something fair, and, fair. Uh, and the Twitter and all that so somebody uh, I think uh, after winning the, the semifinal Willie Lyburn was on uh, on the TV and he said well uh, we'll see who shows up to skip today <laughs> for the other team because they were genuinely not sure who it would be uh which was was funny. So yeah, like pretty boring conservative game. Got a little more interesting at the back half. Uh, McEwen missed a couple shots. It gave Lyburn the chance, and they scored three in the eighth end, I believe. Seven in the seventh end to tie it up at three. Yes. Uh, 
then Carruthers gets a deuce right back. Lyburn manages to blank the ninth, has a, a few tough shots there in the in the tenth, and they just weren't able to execute under pressure. And so, um, in the end, congratulations to Team uh, Carruthers. They're going back to the Briar, all of them, uh, for multiple uh, multiple, multiple times appearances. Each, yeah, and the Willie Lyburn team it was interesting watching them in the morning against Jason Gunlefson. Because there was a bunch of blanks in that uh, game as well. But there was one end where Willie Lybert made five gunless and rocks go away with his two shots. Yes. So, you know, I think we tweeted out, someone tweeted out a picture of, hey, this was a blank end with all these stones in play. And I just tweeted out, hashtag Hulk smash. <laughs> out yeah. of that, because, you know, we've seen that before. But the, the Lybert team, like Willie Lybert's been around for a long time, but the team is young. And yeah. he's playing with a very young team of Daly Peters, Kyle Daring, and Brendan Balaka. And the, the Kyle Daring, by the way, if you just put Kyle Daring into YouTube, he played, he was skipped for Manitoba at the Canada Winter Games mm-hmm. in like 2012 or something when he, he looked like he was 11 years old. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how old he actually was, but he makes this like quad run back triple shot, which is unbelievable. And it's, it's uh, Rod on the call Rod uh, Black. Black is on the call and the, he and whoever's doing the colors are like yeah it might be there it could be there and then he makes it Rod Black is sort of like wow. what just happened oh, man. Um, so that's sort of so, so Kyle Daring been around for a long time and but but three young guys right yeah. who really haven't been in this position before and so like what we saw maybe with Ted Oppenman and his team you get a little tight towards the end of the game sure, and absolutely. you know the blood gets flowing a little bit and even though you have a veteran skip with you, you experience is the best teacher. Yeah. And for these three guys, it would be cool to see him back. Uh, Daly Peters is like John Morris in his energy level. <laughs> He's looking at everything. There was a shot in the semifinal. It was an open draw for two. Or maybe this crazy run split thing for three. And he really, he, he wanted to play. He, he really wanted to play. He's like, just do this. Like he was almost like Mike Harris talking about. What's well, <laughs> definitely there? Um, but you know, having him around with that sort of energy uh, is great. Now that we don't have John Morris uh, just talking the whole time and, and going through. So, you know, who who knows if they'll play with Liburn long term? Uh, but certainly these three guys having this experience playing together uh, is only going to help them. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. Absolutely. So. Um, anybody else from Manitoba that you wanted to talk about? Uh, disappointing for Gunlicks in there. He just played poorly in the semifinal. Yeah. I thought the rest of the team was was okay. And uh, we miss out on maybe the best haircut in curling, Sean. Alex Forrest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got this like amazing hair that I'm really jealous of myself, <laughs> uh, given that I have none. So uh, miss out on seeing... Uh, and seeing Gunner uh, on TV is always fun. Always great. But... Uh, yeah, really thought he was going to just adhere to the we score one, they score one, we score one, and then we win. <laughs> and then we win. Yeah. Uh, did not go that way. No, uh-huh. the, the shot that really st- stood out to me in that game, he had a, a tap uh, in the eighth end. He had a tap for for one, maybe two, I can't remember. But anyway, he threw it wide. Like You just could see when he released it that he dumped it out. Right. And as soon as he let it go, I went, uh-oh, that's not coming back. <laughs> and sure enough, it didn't uh, didn't curl enough. So uh, tough tough way to go out for that team. But 
congratulations again to, to Team Carruthers. Yes, yeah, so it's sort of fitting that you talk about his worst shot of the week as the uh, garbage truck is going by uh, yes. here um, at the palatial Graham Estate um, yeah, we, in downtown we, Ottawa. We keep the windows open at minus 50. <laughs> yes, here. we do. Um, so let's, uh, let's uh, move over or move up, rather, to the north. Let's talk real yeah, quick. The north. Uh, Jamie Cooey gets a win in the final of the Northwest Territories event, beating Greg Scoggy, I think is how you say that. Certainly you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But no surprise here with an 8-3 win there for Jamie Cooey. Um, but I did not realize this, Scott. Totally different team here for Jamie Cooey yes. this time around. Playing with David Aho at third, Matthew Ng at second, and Cole Parsons as lead. So Jamie Cooey going with the younger squad, which obviously we've seen other skips go to. So mm-hmm. a, a new look Jamie Cooey team, even though he'll be there for what is 13th, 12th or 13th time. Yeah, no Tom uh, Nogler. Yeah. Uh, a familiar I, face. I think he's not been on the team in a couple years. But. Uh, <laughs> Always one guy I remember. Yeah, uh, it'd be good to get these other guys some uh, some prior experience there. And Jamie Koo, yeah, went undefeated six and zero there, including the final throughout the week. So uh, it sort of went to form. We'll say that Northwest Territory. For sure, it's, it's uh, what you would have expected. Championship. Uh, in and that first draw, though, he was down 3 nothing. Yeah, I think uh, somebody tweeted, uh, "Oh, no Cooey this year," or something <laughs> like right away. So uh, and then. The next uh, territory over, the Yukon yes. also had their championships this week. It was a three-team event. They played a double round robin, uh, followed by a final. And uh, Team Solberg won? Team John Solberg? Yes. Beating uh, last year's representative, Thomas Scoffin. Yeah, and John John Solberg there uh, playing with third, Bob Smallwood. And I believe they played together the last time Yukon was represented in the in the Briar. Well, that would have been last year. Of course, Thomas Scoffin was the skip oh, uh, last mean, year. But yes, the before, last time Bob Smallwood yes, went. Uh, they went, yes. And Bob Smallwood, he's, he's played a bunch out of the Yukon. He's uh, you know played mixed nationals before. Like he, He's been around, Bob Smallwood. So, uh, so congratulations to them getting the win. And with, as we mentioned, the, uh, the, all the finals now being set, we have the two wildcard teams. So we have a full field here for the briar as it gets set to move out to brandon in a couple weeks time yeah sean uh we'll have a full uh preview of that as we get closer to the event but do you have any like one story that you're looking forward to most from the from the briar i think the most interesting thing will be scott mcdonald i really do i think that's to me the story he running rough shot through that ontario field this team has been a comet through the sky this year, just burning bright, going crazy. And now on this national stage, be really fun to see what they do. And, and you know, the old hats, you know, we sort of have an idea of what to expect. I think seeing Jim Cotter there with Steve Laycock, because we haven't really seen them on tour all that much this year, that'll be a, a fun dynamic to see mm-hmm. in play, see if it makes a difference. You know, given that Jim Carter was so good with John Morris and, and Steve Laycock, very good player, but very different personality-wise from John Morris. Yeah. So let's just see how that relationship goes. I'm sure they'll get some TV games early in the week during that initial pool play stage. But it, it's for me, it's Scott McDonald, the team that I'm really 
uh, excited to see. Yeah, I can't ag- I can't agree with you more, Sean. All I right. I uh, also agree with that. All right, that's good podcast. So so, so do you want to have uh, a quick wrap up of any other events go- that went on this weekend? Yeah. So let's quick uh, impressions. Yeah, real real quick. Uh, the the Norwegian Championships were played. Thomas Ulsrud, uh, he tweeted before the final that something along the lines of it's the last ride. <laughs> Um, I don't know if that was referring to this particular event, but we've talked before. But there's a lot of of buzz that this will be their last year together, and they've really haven't played that much. Even in Europe, they haven't played really all that much. So uh, they go out, but they lose the final, Scott, and not to who you think they would have lost to. No, Sean, they lose to Magnus uh, Ramsfell, uh, a jun- junior team, uh making the charge into men's play out of Norway. And uh, the biggest surprise of this event, Stefan Volstead doesn't even make the playoffs, the quarterfinal. They they had to play in like a playoff tiebreaker kind of game yeah, they to played get the, into the quarterfinal. Yeah, so they played lost. like a pool system. three pool, Very grand slammy, yeah. what they did. So uh, that's to me the most surprising. Now, had they won their qualifier, they would have played against Ulsrud in that quarterfinal. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of... Who knows what would have happened. But uh, to me, that's the biggest story. Wallstead not making the playoffs. Congratulations to Ramsfell. I believe they'll be going to the World Championships. That's what they said on Twitter. Uh, so we'll see and if it, that actually plays out. Everything on Twitter is true. So. Yes. Yes. Well, Ulsrud said that. Yes. So, I mean, if Ulsrud doesn't sort of sway things in Norway, I don't know who, who possibly could uh, in Norwegian curling uh, if it's not him. Uh, but, yeah, as you say, this is a junior team, and... You know, Stephen Wall said we've seen them around. They're okay. They, they, they can certainly compete, and they're, they're a good team. But if we could have another sort of Ulsrud level team, which is a high bar, I know, mm-hmm. and you know, don't want to sort of put that expectation on any junior team. But if you could have somebody like that coming out, or, or just having a next generation of, of Norwegian curling is really good. As Thomas Ulsrud winds his career down, hopefully these guys can pick up the mantle and. and like what we've seen, certainly in Scotland, you have a few teams that now are, are vying for, for championships. If you can get a rivalry going here with Stefan Wallstead, it's only a good thing for the sport. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, what other things were going on this weekend that you wanted to talk about? So the USA Nationals the USA kicked Nationals. off, and uh, you know, sort of nothing really outstanding in terms of surprising results that I've seen so far. John Schuster off to a good start, Nina Roth off to a good start, James Sinclair off to a good start. The, the thing here for me, Scott, is that whoever wins doesn't necessarily go to the World Championships. Only a few teams are eligible to go. That's right. I believe there's four women's teams and four men's teams that are eligible if should they win. And should a team outside of those four win, uh, it will be the highest uh, ranked of the four eligible. Or whoever right. makes it farthest, I think, that will be the one that goes. But like you say, things are going to form right now. Uh, Schuster and Rich Ruinen, both 4-0 and on the men's side as we record. And Jamie Sinclair at 3-0 and on the women's side. I had a chance to watch a bit of this this weekend. Uh, TESN.US, uh, they're, they're broadcasting through usacurl.org. So head over there to usacurl.org and uh, take a listen. The commentators are really great. Getting a lot of fun interviews with the players and stuff. So... Uh, I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, and, absolutely. And the last curling event I wanted to talk about, yeah. Sean, was the Listool Mixed Doubles event. Okay. 
We saw the Tux. Yes, the Tux. Coming through with a big win there in that mixed doubles event. So congratulations to the Tux. Yeah. Uh, playing out in Listool uh, versus uh, Thompson and Lowe. They yeah. won. Uh, they won there. So yeah, Wayne and Wayne and Kim Tuck for mixed doubles. If you don't know who they are, they are mixed doubles, a married couple, out of Ontario, and they've played in. They played in the Olympic trials last year, the mixed doubles trials. Uh, they've played in. I, pretty sure every mixed doubles nationals they've won Ontario a few times uh, to get there a couple times they haven't because they play on tour so much but they're like the originals like they're that they were the power players in mixed doubles when it started they've represented Canada multiple times at the world championships and they're you know it's fun when they're on TV because they interact like a, a couple that's been married for 25 years <laughs> like you might expect them to they're just fun and we saw uh, Kim Tuck do play by play or the color for an event last year and she's really good on TV yeah, really good and uh, you know and, and Wayne Tuck he's got some snark in him on Twitter a little bit too so I just like them yeah they're 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 fun so yeah congratulations uh, certainly to them we'll also just say to the Swiss Cup is going on right now uh, right. in the women's as we record. Everything going to form there. Sylvana Tiranzoni at three and zero. Binia Felcher at two and one. So nothing really surprising there. No. And uh, Peter De Cruz beat Yannick Schwaller uh, earlier today on the men's side. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. And then we also have the uh, Scottish Curling Championships that kicked off, I believe, today as we record this. So that's a, a week long event. We'll have some results there next week. Yes, Sean, we will. And we will be back uh, at the end of the week or middle of the week. Midweek, I think. Yeah. Uh, we're going to come back and give a full-on preview of the upcoming Scotties, which the wildcard game, Sean, is Friday night. Can Friday you night, it? yes. Friday night, 6.30 Eastern. I like when this is on the East Coast. Yeah, clear your calendars, everyone. It's great. Uh, so Eastern time draws will be at 8.30, 1.30, and 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so nice and, and relaxed. Great. None of this terrible Pacific time stuff where I'm up till one in the morning all the time. So uh, so yeah, so clear your calendars for that. We'll be back later in the week, full preview of the field there and give our picks, which not to be really conceited, Scott, we've done okay. We've done okay. You're out picking me a little bit here uh, on this one, but I'm going to make up some ground. Right. I can feel it. Sean. Calling your shot. It. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So, uh, so that'll do it for this week. Hope everyone enjoyed all the action from around the country and around the world this weekend. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, whatever it is. You get your show, give us some likes, ratings, all that good stuff. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. Scott's on Twitter at Scott Likes TV. I am there at Dr. Shawnee Fever. You can find the show at GameofStonesPod.com or email us GameofStonesPodcast at gmail.com. Maybe I should change that to get it all in sync, but who knows? Ah, that seems like a lot of work. It does, yeah. So, uh, so we'll be back with you later in the week. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern.